guys, it's Britt Dowd, and welcome to the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast, where every week we bring you episodes to positively and intentionally impact not only your business, but your leadership, communication, and personal life. Yes, we talk about mowers, fertilizer, and irrigation, but we put an emphasis on growing you as a leader and growing your business skills. We do this through interviews with other small business owners, growth segments where we dive deep on a micro business topic, and documented episodes from our own seven-figure business, Green Again Lawn. All right, lawn care leaders, turn your headphones up. It's time to get back at it. Going live here. We were live yesterday with Mike McCallowitz author of the book Profit First, and uh, came up with a new book called Fix This Next. Now we're going live with Stephen Knight. would call him my boy, but I haven't met him. So after I meet him, I'll call him my boy. Uh, but he he was another one of the speakers at, at the Jobber event, the Professional De- Development Day. It's kind of a tongue twister for a fast-talking redneck like me. Jobber Professional Development Day. Stephen Knight, there he is. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. He should be popping up here in a second. Guys, and if you're listening to this on the podcast right now, we're on Instagram Live, getting ready to chat with Stephen Knight. Stephen, you there, brother? I see you. Can you hear me? Sorry, I'm having some connection challenge. <laughs> you 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 good, man? Can you hear me? Okay. I'll double check my connection here, just in case. Huh. If you're streaming something, maybe. You there, Stephen? I got you. You got have you got me there? Yep, I have you. We there may be a little lag time. If if it gets too messed up, I'm also fine with hopping on just a a, a phone call. It's up to you. Perfect. Well, I think we're working now here, and we'll we'll try and make it work for now. Cool, man. Cool. Well, I'm I'm Britt with Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you, and I'll start calling you my boy from now on. <laughs> Did you see that? Got my, my boy Steven on. Hey, yeah, I was uh, reading through your bio, man. So it's really, really cool. I want to I want to get some fresh perspective here for, for our audience and for our listeners. Um, you guys have a an amazing company. I love what you're doing. It's very, very unique. The more the more I dug into it, the more questions I had. Um, probably today I'll just sit with some of the topics that you addressed during during your talk at the Jobber Development Day and just kind of continue the conversation a little bit. But for the people that are following us here on Instagram Live and for our podcast listeners, go ahead, give a, a brief introduction, who you are, what you're about, and then we'll ask you a few questions. Sure, that's awesome. So, so my name is Stephen. I'm an owner of a company called Mosaic Home Services. We're based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. 
Uh, it's really cold here today. Um, but what, what we do, you can think of my company like an umbrella. Underneath our umbrella, we have eight different businesses that provide different types of products and services, predominantly to homeowners, all in the maintenance space. Our companies do things like carpet cleaning or window washing or screen windows and doors. Um, these are independent businesses. They could walk out this door tomorrow and go and function on their own. But the thing that binds them together is that they're owned in part by Mosaic. We're not a pyramid scheme. We're not a marketing firm. We make investments in these businesses in the home improvement industry with the goal of scaling them, growing them, and ultimately franchising them. That's where we're, we want to go over the next few years. Um, it was awesome to speak at Jobber Day today. Uh, I took so much more away from all of the, the talks and all the different sessions. And, and Britt, I'm just curious to know, like, what did you enjoy? Were there sessions that you really liked? Or were there takeaways that you had? Man, I liked I liked your chat, Stephen. I liked that one. No, it was. I, I thought I thought all of them were really really good. I I like how certain uh, speakers had niched it down to specific service industries. I think Jobber did a really really good job of that. Um, there was like I think three convers or three uh, talks that I didn't get a chance to like see what they were talking about. Just we had some stuff going on here on the on the back end, but I loved it, man and. The coolest thing for me to see is just like a, a massive company like Jobber that is just specific to a CRM actually going and pouring into their end users in a way like this. Uh, I, I haven't seen anybody do it like at scale like this. So thought it was really, really fun. Um, and everybody did a good job. I think if you didn't take something away, that's on you. Like you've, you got to be intentionally learning and growing every day. Uh, well, Stephen, let's, let's jump right into this. Cause I'm really intrigued. The, the, the business model that you've set up, how you, how you scale these companies and then kind of what, what your end game is right for franchising these companies. It already puts you in a different mindset than some of the people that we bring on this show. So I want to start with your, the first question would be, um, how do you increase sales with your existing client base? And hey, if you need to answer that phone, I'm fine with that too. You can call an audible and take a call. No, on, I'm on sorry. It's no, no, I'm sorry. It's ringing off the hook. But um, so to, to answer your question, Brett, like how do you increase sales? For us, there's no secret sauce to sales. All you have to do is ask for it. Yep. Um, and, and for us, it's been a lot of just having transparent, open and honest conversations with our customers about not only when can I provide the service that I just provided to you again, but what else do you need? Like where else are your pain points? And, and one of the big things for us, um, we found ourselves in this really niche industry repairing screen windows and screen doors because no one does it. It's just one of those things where it's a pain in the butt to try and find somebody to do the, the window and door guy doesn't want to do it because it's too small of a ticket. The handyman can't do it because it's a really complicated thing that you have to carry parts for. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, fell backwards into, into an industry because we asked the question. So, you know, how do you increase sales? You just, all you have to do is ask, um, you know, what else can I do for you? Or when can I do this thing for you yep. again? That's great. And that's really the root of, that's the root of the talk that I gave today was really about when, when your customer starts to ask you for more things, do you say yes or do you say no? And how do you evaluate what that opportunity looks like? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go down that rabbit trail a little bit too. And I, I like what you said. It's it's simply you have not, if you ask not, right? I mean, business is 
like solving a problem. You, you guys are just solving more problems than some other companies out there. But I'm thinking like our, our audience right now, they're, they're small lawn and landscape owners. And they're like, yeah, Steven, that sounds nice. But for me to diversify my revenue, I spread myself too thin or I don't have as much equipment. Like you guys are, I mean, you're, you're leveraging capital and investing in these other companies and, and that's how you're diversifying. So do you have any tips for the guy out there that's thinking, okay, I want to increase my sales and I want to do it with my current client base, but how do I diversify with what I have without spreading myself too thin? Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me clarify to anybody who's listening, like I, I started the exact same way that everybody else started. Um, you know, we, we've grown and I own eight companies now and that's fantastic but we started with one and it was a, it was one business doing Christmas lights mm-hmm. and that was it. And we had three months a year to make as much money as humanly possible and service as many clients as we could. And that was it. Like, that's all we had. And it's taken years to build up, you know, multiple business lines and different things. But really we, all we did was one of our customers said, what else do you need? And we found natural parallels, like landscaping was one of them. We stayed out of that industry for a lot of reasons because we, there's a lot of things that we don't know. Um, you know, I don't know the first thing about tree care. I don't know the first thing about lawn care. I don't know the first thing about you know, a lot of those things. But what do I know about? Well, I know about washing windows. So it was a natural fit for me. It was convenient for me to enter the window washing market. It was convenient for me from then to enter the screen market because the technicians can be cross-trained. The customer was very much the same. In terms of cash flow, I still get paid when I'm done. So I don't need to stock things. It's just a lot of the things that, that I talked about today are things that we use to get to from where we were to where we are. So if you're a landscaper and you're listening to this today and you're thinking, well, how do I diversify my revenue streams? I mean, there's lots of different ways that you can do it in landscaping. You can get into hardscaping or you can get into big renovation stuff. You can get into, you know, shoveling snow if it snows where you are. You can get into, you know, pressure washing and doing the property maintenance. Really, you you got to sit down and ask yourself the question, where do I want to be? Do I want to be um, all things to all people? Do I want to offer this auxiliary service through a whole different you got to look down the line and say, do I want to be the biggest X in my local market? When we asked ourselves that question, we said, no, we want to grow into other markets. We want to do that through franchising. And that's why we structured the business the way that we, we structured it. Yeah. Yeah. Really ask the question, ask your customers what you need, what they need, and then use my model to evaluate whether or not it makes sense for you. That's really good. That's really good. All right. Next question off of that, Stephen, would be, we are the Lawn Care Leaders podcast. And so leadership, we're talking about personal growth, business growth. I'm wondering from a leadership perspective and as you're, and I, I appreciate you saying like, hey, we didn't start where we're at. Like I started just like you guys started with one company, Christmas lights even. So like you came, you came in through the holiday back door and, and to get where you're at, man, I'm, I'm sure you've sacrificed a lot. I'm sure you've cut deep and you've, you've risked a lot and, you, and you've earned it. What was, as your business though, begin to kind of get over that tipping point and you did reach some scale and um, maybe you had those diverse businesses, what was one of the biggest challenges you faced as a leader where you were like, okay, I've reached my lead- leadership capacity. I've got to learn X, Y, or Z. 
you know what? I, uh, I constantly hit, I've hit many barriers in my leadership journey and I will continue to hit many more. I mean, the one that really hit me the hardest, um, was the day that I realized that I couldn't be all things to all people. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs fall down this rabbit hole because when you're building your business, it depends on you. You're that guy who, at or girl, guy, girl, guy, girl, five in the morning, you fill, fill out the truck, you're getting the tools ready, you're out there, you're cutting the grass, you're invoicing the customer, you're bidding new work, you're sitting at the kitchen table at seven o'clock, you're doing the paperwork. Like I was that guy. Mm. And for me, for my business to grow, I had to accept not being that guy. And that was really scary yeah. because if I'm not that guy, then who am I? And what do I, do I even matter to my business anymore? Um, you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes around that if you're not, if you feel like you're not the guy or the girl, and that's really hard to get over. Yeah. Um, in my leadership journey, I had to learn to accept that. I had to I'd learn to accept that I'm not good at everything and that um, that's okay. That was the hardest part was that it's okay to not be really good at everything as long as you know where the holes are and you fill them with really good people. Mm. Um you're never going to scale alone. And that's, that's the, just, that's the brutal hard truth. You're never going to scale alone. So you can stay small doing it all yourself, or if you want to scale, you got to hire and you got to trust people. And that's really good. That's really good, Stephen. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's, that's awesome. And it's like, that's a, it sounds like a simple task, but sometimes that can take six months. Sometimes that can take a year to actually get over that. And for me, it's like, Hey, I, like I want to feel wanted. And, and, you know, even though this morning I'm going to my shop and it's like, well, I look around, it's like, well, what should I do? I can take out the trash. Like they, they've got it. Yeah. I would love to be able to solve these problems. But every time I insert myself into a situation, sometimes I'm not the best person to solve that anymore. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. I make, I cause more of the problems in my business than anybody else. Because yeah. I get involved or I go sell something and I don't follow the process because I don't need to follow the process. I own it. So <laughs> I get to do whatever I want. And yeah. then it turns into this massive headache. And that's the thing that people don't understand is that you just got to, you got to put a process in place. You got to hire some people. You got to train them really well. And if you're going to scale, you got to follow the process that you put in place. But more to that point, the thing that I'm continually learning is that when you, once you do replace yourself or replace the pieces that you're not excellent at, you got to figure out how to spend your time wisely because you can spend your time wandering around the shop saying, Oh, what can I do now? Or you can spend it going to find a new customer or talking to a bank or doing the things that, that you need to do. And that's where, you know, that, that's really scary because sometimes that's a demand of leadership that you, you haven't been asked or before. Mm. And that's freaking terrifying because now you got to learn this whole new set of skills, but uh, that's, that's why you own it. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. So on that note, like I, I have, I have four things that I like deem worthy of my time, you know, and one of those is content creation. Others is leadership development. One is biz dev for a certain business. Um, I'm wondering for you, like, what are those categories where you're like, if it's not in, if it's not in one of these buckets, I need to either automate it, delegate it, or delete it from my schedule. Yeah. So for me, um, so my, my accountability to my team is sales. So if it's not generating revenue, if it's not getting a customer over the finish line, then it's something I shouldn't spend any time on. Mm. Um, the, 
The other, so that's bucket one. The other bucket is growing the business through franchising. So I have a lot of conversations, dozens of conversations with entrepreneurs all across North America about their businesses, about the opportunity to franchise using one of our systems. Um, we've got two businesses that are selling franchise units right now. Um, our Christmas lighting business is one of them and our screen business is the other. And my job is to talk to entrepreneurs that need seasonal revenue or need seasonal business and, and really learn about what headaches they've got in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Is it that they don't have the ability to generate winter revenue? Is it that um, they only want to work three months a year? Like what I, I do a lot of discovery calls and trying to have conversations with entrepreneurs about topics like this that are really important that we might be able to help with. Really good. Really good. That's awesome, man. I, the franchise model is really, really intriguing. I know that's like a completely different jar that we could open up, but any like quick tips for a guy out there that's like, you could go one of two ways. Like, oh, I could see the need for adding a franchise model of Christmas lights into my business. Or like maybe one thing that might intrigue me and some of our listeners more is, hey, what if I did want to franchise? What would that next step or give, give that guy some tips and advice? So let me, um, let me, so I'm going to, I'm just speaking from my experience, by no means am I like a franchise guru or expert. I'm just telling you from what, well, from what I know, from what I've learned over the last few years of franchising business. The thing that nobody really wants to admit as a franchisor is that what you're selling is a marketing system. You're selling a steady recurring, uh, lead, lead flow and lead generation system. That's really all you're selling. Um, You're selling uh, some systems and processes that go along with delivering that service. But if there's no revenue behind your franchise system, it's not worth anything. So to the entrepreneur that's out there saying, you know what, maybe I franchise my business. Maybe that's my exit strategy. You got to figure out a way to market your service in other cities or in other towns uh, in a way that if you sell a franchise to somebody, they know that the day that they open their doors, they're going to have work to go to because somebody who's buying a franchise doesn't want to do it themselves. Yeah. doesn't mean that they're lazy. It doesn't mean that there's a, they're less than you. It means that that's just not something that they want. Mm-hmm. They want a system that's ready to go open the box. Boom. There's leads here. There's customers here. There's systems and processes here. You know, the guy that, that, you know, opens a subway or, or, you know, a, a Dunkin' Donuts, you know, he has customers because he puts Dunkin' Donuts up and they just recognize enough that people walk through the door. Yeah. It's a lot harder in the service industry. So if you're thinking about franchising your business, you got to figure out how to find new customers day one. And that's a huge expense. Um, so you got to dial that in before you even start thinking about, yeah. you know, how do I franchise it? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That, that. That's really good advice. So, so you're really selling a marketing system and you're selling processes, having an existing client base ready to rock and roll when that franchise takes place. Any, any thought processes though for, because I think we're both big recurring revenue guys. And for me, like that, that took longer to get that top line revenue. But now that I have it, you know, we have a longer track record of it. We have brand equity, you know, our goodwill in our company is going up, but it took longer to get there. How do you do that with a franchise model within lawn and landscape? You know, there's a lot of different recurring revenue models that you can build in lawn and landscape. And, and 
it comes down to how, so my personal opinion on on recurring revenue models is that if you're going to build a recurring revenue model, that's great, but you shouldn't build it around a discount because you're just, you're cutting yourself off at the knees as soon as you start to say, oh, hey, next year I'll I'll cut you a little bit less or next year I'll, you know, your loyalty discount is this. Mm. Your customer's expectations are only going to rise and your profit margins only go to go down. Yeah. So I just, if you're going to build a recurring revenue model, that's, that's great. But I just, it irks me when I see folks undercut the market just for the sake of buying, you know, all you're doing is buying the revenue. Yeah. So I would rather have a recurring revenue model that focuses on client feedback or number of referrals that they hand out, or, um, you know, maybe instead of a, a, a discount, maybe it's a, you know, gift to a local charity. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, like mm-hmm. build your recurring revenue model around something that is not discount focused. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Awesome, man. Well, well, Stephen, I, I know we've been chatting a minute here. I, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time and uh, enjoyed enjoyed the chat presentation you did today. Any final thoughts that you want to leave leave our listeners and and people here live with us? You know what? I just uh, I love. Uh, well, thank you very much for having us on, and I love. Uh, you know, the Jobber PD day, there's a ton of golden nuggets there. Uh, my only takeaway would be, you know, if you're not spending time investing in your own self and your own learning, your company's never going to grow. Yeah. So take 10 minutes, go watch one of those talks and really just enjoy it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Steven, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My boy now, my boy, Steven, thanks for hopping on live here. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Jobber for the professional development day. And uh, thanks guys for listening. Take it easy, Stephen. Hey, guys. That is a wrap on yet another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Thanks again for letting us hang out with you, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. Please subscribe, leave us a rating and review. And if you found this at all helpful, please help us by sharing the podcast. And uh, we wish that you would continue this conversation. If you want to chat it up about some topic that happened or maybe you have further questions, you can find us over on Instagram, Facebook. Um, We're going to be posting YouTube and uh, LinkedIn content as well. So you can find us on almost any platform. And if you'd like to further uh, grow your business or find out more information about Intentional Growth Advisors or one of our other show sponsors, feel free to click the link in the show notes and you can see those there. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us and we will be back with you again shortly.